We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bobby, here's what I know. It's rapid fire time. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Huh? Let's try it. Let's do it. Do you think the high expectations in year one for Notre Dame are good for Marcus Freeman and Tyler Buckner? Yes. Well, mm, half, I think for Marcus Freeman, they definitely, I think of course they are, because here's the, here's the deal. If you don't have high expectations, what are you doing? Are you saying that you want them to have low expectations? So you think your coach isn't great. So you think your quarterback's not going to win. So yes, to that extent, I think it's great to have those high expectations because it means you're in a spot that preseason people think that you're going to be competitive and you're going to be one of the best teams in the country. I don't see how that's a bad thing. I get what you're going to say and argue that maybe it's too high. So if you don't meet them, it comes crashing down a little bit quicker, but I would rather have high expectations and meet them and look like a program, a dynasty, you know, you're starting something big versus being like, Oh, I hope they're 500. And then they win eight games and you're like, eight games. That was a great year. It's Notre Dame. Eight wins is not enough. They need more than eight. Well, they definitely need more than eight, when you, especially when you've had double-digit wins for five years in a row and you've been in the college football playoffs twice and you've been in the, you know, just missed on the playoffs a couple of other times. And, you know, that's that's where you are right now. You know, I've always kind of lived by under-promise, over-deliver. But, you know, that's that's not, you know, and and – Marcus Freeman isn't going out and making any bold statements and promising anything, and neither is Tyler Buckner for that matter. But, you know, I, I think that it is good for him because that's the place that the program is in right now. And, you know, like when Marcus Freeman is out on the recruiting trail and he's selling Notre Dame to recruits, he's not selling them, well, you know, you come in and we're going to win eight, nine games per year. It's, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, it's like, hey, We've been in the college football playoff. We've knocked on the door of the college football playoff. We get you, Mr. Five-Star Guy, and uh, you know we're going to come in and we're going to kick the door down and we're going to be winning college football playoff games. So You're going to be the I, difference maker. Yeah, yeah I, I think they always want the expectations to be high. You know, whether or not you meet, you know, the, expectations are always a moving bar no matter what, you know, because like, right. you know, just like last year, it, it seemed like it should have been a transition year. I know I had fairly low expectations. Look what they did. But, you know, again, it's like now you flip it around. The expectations are higher this year. I think the team is definitely going to be better. But you've also got probably 
a better overall schedule. You know, when you look at the top of the right. schedule in terms of who you've got to beat if you're going to be a playoff team again. Yeah, it, I, I don't know if I'm going to – here's another thing. If you have high expectations and they don't meet them this year, let's say they only have eight wins, everybody's going to be like, well, it's okay. It's his first year. He's still getting his system in place, getting his players in place. I think there's so, some of that for both Freeman and Buckner for that. So that's match. what I'm saying. So might as yeah. well have the high expectations, and if they meet them, then they're, sold, some of that. they're solid forever. Whereas if you go with low and it's like, oh, was that just a fluke year? So I'd rather have the high expectations. You're going to believe you're going to meet them. That's what they're, you know, that's their goal. That's what they're supposed to do. And the, the expectations that you're talking about aren't like you, you touched on it. They're not coming in from internal. It's the outside people. It's, it's everyone that's excited about the program because last year was a down year and look how great that was. Maybe this year could match that. I don't think anybody's calling them the national championship favorites either. So those lofty expectations are to be in the playoff talk, maybe not even make it, but be in that talk towards the end of the year. And that, I think I just like the idea of that being good because it just shows a solidified program where you're not like peaking and valleying. I think that those aren't verbs, but imagine if they were. <laughs> but I think what it's showing is that, you know, the peaks and valleys aren't going to be a thing. What it is is going to be continued success. And I, so I like the high expectations because they're not coming from within. He's not promising anything himself. It's all external and it's all just going to set them up to be better recruiters and have more success. And I, I, so I see the positives in having these lofty expectations for this year. Yeah. Josh says eight wins would be a disappointment. I completely agree with that. But I mean, this season sets itself Notre Dame eight's not enough. Yeah. Basically, like you know, back when your mom was cleaning the applesauce off your beard in 1990, you know, like when Notre Dame would open up against Michigan every year. You, you know, it's like it, it's there, there's a lot on the table. You know, like right out of the gate. And Vince and I talked about this last week. You win that game, or even lose a close game at Ohio State to open up the season especially if you win that game. I mean, then you talk about high expectations and where things are going to go. But, you know, you, you even play a really competitive game at Ohio State in that opener. You're a national championship contender right away. You know, there's there's no room for error, no margin for error after that. But you're going to be an, a, a national championship contender right away with one of those two scenarios. Absolutely. But I, I've always thought growing up in South Bend and being, you know, a Notre Dame fan growing up with them, nobody rises higher in the standings quicker than Notre Dame, but nobody falls as fast as Notre Dame <laughs> That's either. True too. That's true too. So, so, you know, if you like win even, that- even Texas is like a slow trickle when they start losing, it's like people still, you know, with that, with that number one, who do you think voted? Who do you, who do you think gave Texas their only number one vote, by the way? Like, do you think Nick Saban, is out there kind of trying to throw some, you know, indirect shade, you know, like he's out well, there subtweeting Sarkeesian, basically, I, oh, I'll give you a number one voter. Do you think it's like somebody in the Big 12 trying to throw some, you know, again, you know, like you talk about expectations, throwing some some uh, lofty expectations Texas way? I that, that question, I think it has to be, who does Texas play first? I don't know who they open up with, but maybe it's yeah. that opponent hoping to get, you know, a higher ranked Texas game. I don't know. It, obviously that's, they're not going to be the number one team anytime this year, maybe next year, maybe the year after, but th- there's no, uh, there's no clear answer to why anybody would vote for them to be number one. I know. I know. But it is kind of fun. And like you said, it gives talking point. I yeah, don't, that's maybe right. it is saving because he likes to mix it up enough and he does. he does have a connection there. He does.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. So in a recent ESPN article, a handful of college football writers came up with some suggested changes for, uh, for college football. And one of them, start the season with bowl games rather than playing them at the end of the season. The change assumes that, you know, college football is going to have a playoff expansion. So you're going to have an expand, you know, under this scenario, you're going to have an expanded college football playoff. So why bother with bowl games, you know, like lower tier bowl games that nobody's going to watch do them as preseason kickoff games around the country. Instead, you buy or sell that idea. I buy it in a way. Cause we've talked about it before, but what if you, instead of having those bowl games that are preseason, the bowl games are the spring games. So then you're combining everything. So you have the bowl game, against and like it's a it's an exhibition it, it's not as important but you're still getting the reps the practices you can make a matchup you can play the game in a neutral site and you get rid of the spring games which are completely useless so it's combining a little bit of both all into one but i guess the question in that scenario would be where the you know like player, yeah. well like what does it count for you know because like you know look at notre dame for example they had some guys you know, who are nursing some off-season injuries and Jarrett Patterson tore a pectoral muscle so he couldn't play at all in the spring, you know, those kind of things. It's, I definitely think that at the very least, like a real end of spring scrimmage against another team, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Or as we've talked about before, playing FCS teams. I don't know if I'd want to play the bowl games there. I, I'm I'm at least intrigued by, you know, maybe, maybe you do. Maybe, maybe you play. Half your, you know, half your bowl games at the start of the season, or you know, something like that. Instead, you know, like you're, you know, I get it that the 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 bowl games at the end of the season, it's like the weather is cold, and you know, most of these places are trying to lure fans to some of these warmer areas and stuff like that. And it's, you know, the reward for you know what are you know a six and six season, <laughs> a lot of cases. five and seven, yeah, and that's why it's like, why not just play them at the start of the season? You know, like if you're if you're Kansas State and you know you're you're Rutgers, go play someplace in in one of these events early in the year. Someplace, take your vacation early, and then you know if you end up 
being a college football playoff team, which for both of those programs is going to be pretty remote. Okay, then you're in your you know your, the playoff at the end. And but those, I'm intrigued by the by the thought of of doing it this way, flipping it around instead. I like it because, and at the least, I like it preseason because then. Like you said, all these matchups at the end of the year, are you going to watch that Illinois 5-7 and seven program battle? Even if it is like a Raging Cajuns, you know, from <laughs> Louisiana, you going to watch that game if there's a playoff game next to it? No. So, like, there's no allure to watching any of those bowl games unless you're gambling or you're in a bowl <laughs> pool or something like that. True. So might as well just start the season that way. And they kind of, if you look at it, they've moved that way. They used to have the Eddie Robinson Classic. They used to have the uh, – I can't remember what it was classic. Um, Yeah, but they – and, like, a lot of these opponents played neutral sites to start the season. I know Alabama played Michigan one year that um, in, in Dallas. And so you – they're kind of a bowl game feel already, so you might as well just load up the lineup in week zero or, yeah. or the week before even. And I would think that there would be more – you know, even though the weather is warmer, I would think there would be more excitement at the start of the season – when you're O and O, then at the you know for for fans to pack up and travel and go someplace, then at the end of the season in December, you're getting ready for the holidays. It's like, oh, we're six and six. Do I really want to spend the money to go see my six and six team play? You know, another six and six or seven and five team play in a bowl game in Nashville or wherever it happens to be. So, plus at the yeah. end of the year, that's why the five and seven programs have started entering bowls. Like you have coaching changes and stuff like that where they're not even going to be playing anyway, or whole programs will just say we don't want to play. So if you don't move it to the beginning of the season, I think it's a dead uh, structure, dead formula. Yeah. You're not going to have bowl games anymore. So you should move them or at least give yourself a shot to keep them if you enjoy them as a fan, because otherwise they're going away. There's no reason to keep them. And they barely are relevant now at all, even if you want to say relevant. But once you expand the playoff, how less relevant will they be then? You're going to have the Rose Bowl being the third best Big Ten team versus the exactly. third best Pac-12 team. Exactly. Yep. That's that's part of the point, I think. Fill in the blank. The second annual MLB Field of Dreams game is tonight. This time, it's between the Cubs and the Reds. And it's marquee matchup. Must see TV. <laughs> what a joke. They already said they wouldn't have you the game your White next Sox year. and the Yankees last. You know, it was a cool thing last year. I just novelty, and I like. I didn't even realize this game was going on until earlier this morning. You know, I knew it was kind of supposed to be coming up sometime, and I googled it, and it's like, oh, it's tonight, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, oh, it's the Cubs and Reds. You know how bad? You know, again, it's like, how badly do you want to see? You know, two bad teams play out in the cornfield, you know, like last year it was a novelty. I just, do we need it every year? You know, we're going to get it every year, but it it, it seems like all it took was one year for the novelty to wear off. No, they already said next year they're not going to do it because they're trying to add more facilities, I think I read. So unless they change their minds, which I guess they can always do. Last year was the first time you, I think a lot of people tuned in to see the game to see the field, see how it was going to look. And then this year, the matchup's not as good, and we've already seen it. So it's already like a, you know, um, old hat thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember what last year. And then that's what they're going to talk more about last year's game than this year's. Craig gave us a super chat. This is going yeah. back to what we were just talking about with, you know, moving the bowl games to the front of the year. He said, this is all caps. He's yelling at us. That would be the dumbest thing I ever heard. Play the bowl games at the end of the year. End of story. You don't want to watch them, then don't 
watch. And, you know, like with gambling, someone's going to be attached to it no matter what. And I think that's really what keeps most of these bowl games going is the gambling allure these days. Absolutely, but I I said before too, like okay, you want to have them at the end of the year. What about when you don't have enough programs that even to commit to playing in a bowl game? Yeah, and again, we're and talking about left. if the college yeah. football playoff expands, I think it's going to just completely make so many of these games even more irrelevant than they already are. Right. And look, do you think uh, Jalen Smith thinks they should play bowl games after the season? You know, like a lot of these yeah. guys that well, aren't going to play he anymore. Says, he says he'd still do it again. Oh, so. sure he will, but. How many people are sitting out these end of the year bowl games now? A lot. A lot. It's not. It's not. A, yeah. It's not every team, but a lot of the teams won't go. A lot of the players, the star players, won't play. So that you're losing product, the 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 good product. You're losing, even if it was a decent matchup. If it, if the top two quarterbacks are out or don't want to play, and Kenny Pickett's out because he doesn't want to risk injury heading into the draft, you're not actually going to see that Pittsburgh team play in the bowl game. And then, then what do you make of it? And then where's the gambling go after that? <laughs> Good question. Low blow, Bobby. <laughs> Real quick, Field of Dreams games. Are you in or are you out? Like, do we need them at all anymore? Like, was once enough? I'm out. What I do like is the idea of a game every year in some different stadium, like the Winter Classic in the NHL. Yeah. You know, something and like that. That's they what baseball up. is trying to do with this. Yeah. But then, then you don't need to repeat venues. Yeah. So I'm at 100. I'm out. And as a White Sox fan, I don't think you're going to be able to top the game they had last year. Like if last year's game sucked or there was a little bit of problem or like um, just some of the procedures didn't work and then they did it again this year to show that they can put on a good game. Yeah. But I thought last year's game was phenomenal. And let's go somewhere else if you want to play it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really cool last year because we had never seen that kind of thing before and the entrances and all that stuff. And, you know, let's be honest, you had Joe Buck attached to it as well and you know i think that he was a big part of that production that they did last year but you know then the players coming in from the it was it was it was just really cool i just don't think you're going to be able to keep that kind of interest year after year i i think it's more a one-off thing maybe you do it you know every other year or every three years or something like that i just yeah. I, I just you know especially when you've got you've got two bad teams playing in it this it's year. not even that they're bad because like if last year, if the Yankees and the White Sox were both bad, it still would have been a novelty to watch because those are the two teams that are kind of based on the movie or based, you know, in the movie. The fact that it's the Reds randomly and the Cubs, there's no storyline. It's it, it has no allure. It has no pull to me. It's like watching a postseason college football bowl game. It's just, I don't see why I would want to tune in to watch two teams that have no tie to the site or anything. Right. Fill in the blank. It's blank. The Baltimore Ravens have won 21 consecutive preseason games. <laughs> so that's shocking. It's just, well, one, it's shocking that there's a stat for that because I know that wins matter, but my God, they've had 21. Like, do they try a little bit harder on purpose in the preseason just to get those wins? Seems like I think it's it, shocking it? to see or that the they... other team is just not trying at all. <laughs> right. Well, 20, either 21 way. consecutive games, 21, that, <laughs> That's if you flip a coin 21 times, which is what a preseason game is, it'll never go that way. So I think it's shocking and kind of impressive, to be honest. It doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean crap, yeah. but it's still kind of cool to hear. Yeah, that's it. It's totally irrelevant. It's like, okay. give them hard knocks and then see how many preseason games they win. Yeah, that's right. That's right. How many did, did you watch hard knocks the other night with the Lions? No, I didn't realize it started already. Yep, started Tuesday night. You'll have to watch it and we'll see if we can. Dan Campbell, I don't know, man. 
there's some things I like about that guy, but I'm just not sure how stable he is. You know, wow. I love the fact when Vince and I were talking about it yesterday, he was out there, start a practice, very first practice. He and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, 40 up downs with the defense at the start of practice to start off training camp. And it was well, like, they, they weren't like lingering up downs. It was like less than two minutes, aggressive. 40 up downs. Yeah. Do you think that's how they start practices when Hard Knocks isn't around? There was a lot of stuff in that show that made me think if the cameras weren't there, dot, dot, dot. Right. Know? So, yeah. Yeah. And the, the Hard Knocks thing in general, we can talk about that next week. So we'll have plenty of time, but it's just because we're football thirsty. Because as soon as the preseason even really starts, I don't watch it as religiously. It's still fun. I always look forward to, to, to seeing the first couple episodes of, of Hard Knocks and, and, and seeing where they can go. Did you storylines? Yeah, we'll see where it goes this year. I think that Dan Campbell is going to find a way to to kind of make things entertaining. Be a as star. This camp goes on. Yeah. Yeah. But did you watch the Colts one last year midseason? I tried. I was. That's what I mean. It's, it was just not interesting. They're, they, they did a promo during, you know, the, the, uh, the Lions premiere the other night. The Cardinals are going to be the midseason team this year. Like, wow. Okay. All right. Well, if Kyler Murray's still there, <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's still playing. He's got the contract. Yeah. There are a lot of reports out of New England Patriots training camp. I'm talking with my hand again. That Mac Jones is struggling, struggling, and they're playing tonight. They're probably he's probably not going to play. But do you buy or sell that as a big deal? Completely sell. I sell everything in the preseason. I sell every practice. I think I've made that pretty clear. I don't like spring practice. I don't like spring training. I don't like all this preseason stuff. You can't tell. It's like um, a lot of the Chicago Bears Twitter that I see. They're all making Justin Fields look like he can't throw a ball, but then they won't show if he does something right. Like I, all of it's just crap. Like they're especially when you're playing against a defense that knows the offense and the offense knows the defense, and that you're dr running drills pretty much. I just I don't put a lot of stock in it. The guy was good last year in the NFL. You got to believe that he's going to continue to be at least productive. Maybe not a superstar yet, but just because he had because if one game he comes out and throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns week one does anybody even remember that we were talking about his preseason yeah that's it's preseason and yeah. the guy had a solid rookie year i know a lot of people were down on him last year mac jones but you know the other thing as well is his offensive coordinator last year josh mcdaniel is the head coach in las vegas right now and i think he took like most of the most of the offensive staff with him, you know. So, like everyone who worked with Mac Jones last year is in Las Vegas right now. So I'm sure, you know, there's kind of a a breaking in period for everybody, kind of uh, you know, figuring each other out a little bit. I mean, it's it's Bill Parcells at the end of the day. There's a reason he drafted this guy. There's a reason, you know, again, was he awesome as a rookie? No, but he was a rookie quarterback. And you know, like you look at at what he did as a rookie quarterback, it wasn't that bad. So th there are going to be some growing pains along the way. And the fact that tonight is their first preseason game, they haven't even played a preseason game. And we're, we're you know, New England, I, I think part of this is New England media, you know, because they're, they're so used to all this winning that they do out there that, you know, they're going to jump all over this guy because maybe he's throwing a couple bad passes in training camp. So 
I'm yeah, not, I, I, I don't think there's anything to it at all right now. No, he had a good year last year. People don't just fall off. And he had a pretty good year with not a whole lot of marquee weapons around him. So I don't think you can judge him or the way he runs the offense based on some practices and some scrimmages or some throws here and there. I mean, we've all had good days and bad days anyway, so I don't put any stock in any of it. Because And how about the opposite? If he had a great look and everybody has – would you rather have those high expectations like Freeman and Notre Dame and going into the season? So he's under-promising, so now he can overperform. There you go. There you go, baby. You're, you're right on it. All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight and for the week, for that matter, for – this show, we will be back on Monday. We've got uh, a little bit more practice tomorrow. We'll get to talk to defensive line coach Al Washington and some defensive linemen after practice. Saturday, we'll get to talk to Marcus Freeman a little bit, get some of his thoughts on how camp is going so far. And, you know, for that matter, then Monday's going to roll around. And let me let me check my calendar here. By the way, go Dolphins. I love that comment. <laughs> um. <laughs> We'll get to ch- talk to Chancey Stuckey next week, but we won't have practice to go to on Friday, so we'll just have the interview portion. But we'll have plenty on Monday's show to be talking about as Notre Dame training camp continues. And I'll talk to you next week, Bobby Hensley. Can't wait. All right. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff helps out the <laughs> Irish Breakdown channels. I don't know what you're like, what you're laughing about, that's the comment that already called it out. Hit like, oh, okay. subscribe to the notification. There you go. <laughs> Boom. He knew what I was going to say before I said it. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we'll talk to you next week. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 